What's going on, everyone? It's another episode of Left Side Heavy, the podcast presented by Blue Wire Hustle. It's your boy, Jevin Lefave. On this episode, I brought on a fellow program mate, is what we uh, ended up calling it, but Scott Ani. He is a writer for Wings Nation. He's also in the Radio Arts and Entertainment program at BCIT as well. And he came on to talk about some recent NHL headlines and some little trade talk before the deadline. And I asked him kind of some fill-in-the-blank questions, got his opinion on other stuff. So it was a great episode. I appreciated him for coming on. And yeah, be sure to leave a rating and review everywhere you get your podcast. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you're only listening to this, head over to the YouTube so you can watch it. And enjoy the episode. Peace. It's episode 84 of Left Side Heavy, the podcast presented by Blue Wire Hustle. I'm your host, Jevin Lefave. And today I'm bringing on fellow radio arts and entertainment classmate, I suppose, Scott Ani. How's it going, man? Doing good. Somewhat classmates, I guess. Yeah, I somewhat mean, classmates. I program mates. Yeah, program mates. That makes more sense. But how you been, man? I'm good. I mean, sad football's over. But like I was just telling you earlier, like it's a great time of year to be living in Vancouver. We got, I'm playing golf, I'm skiing. Yeah. Weather's been good other than it's freezing cold, but sun's shining. Like it's one of the best times of the year to live in Van. Exactly. It's super deceiving out because like an example, I was working the other day and um, just a pizza shop and limited dining, If but we don't have it set up because my boss doesn't want to do passports because if you want dining. You have to like check right, everyone yeah. and someone came in he's like can i eat in here it's cold out and i'm like sorry i can't and i'm like it can't be that cold out it's like sunny out. and i went to go take the trash out and i'm like holy shit it is yeah it is cold out and i've been outside for like two minutes the whole country's getting hit ottawa's getting like freezing rain yeah interior bc is like negative 15 right now it's brutal yeah it's i'm yeah i'm golfing this afternoon like after this recording and not really i'm expecting the worst i'm expecting the worst but uh, how have you uh, have been keeping? Have you keeping? Have you been keeping your head above water? This uh, program, have you been enjoying it? Yeah, it's it's been exciting doing some new skills like talking on mics and working in front of cameras and whatnot. And yeah. Overall, I think the program's been fairly simple, but like like I'm, I've been doing well grade wise, and it's not too heavy of a workload. Like you're still able to do hobbies on the side and work on yeah, the exactly. side, and, but like learning a lot of valuable skills. I think any program of first year is always going to be a little bit slow and nothing's that you know difficult so as it picks up with practicum in second year i think it's gonna get going yeah i slowly get the ball rolling but yeah i felt like this program has taught you a lot of or taught us a lot of like invaluable lessons that you weren't, weren't like expecting like time management and just even because people think of radio arts as just like live like on air like hot mic and everything but right. you can learn to produce video edit it's a lot of other things other doors that open but what got you into this program i don't know i was looking at it i've looked at it for years and i went to school for history and was going to be a teacher and i thought about taking this but i what held me back was you know radio industry in decline and just not sure if i want to commit two years of my life and worry about getting employed and then i don't know i just one day i was like okay I don't really want to be a teacher that much. I'm going to go do something I like. I've always wanted to work in sports. Yeah. I think it combines well with my history. Like I have good writing and research skills. I've studied some sports history and just to 
get all the talents I can to possibly work in sports media. Is there anything, any avenue you specifically want to go down, or are you just kind of waiting for an opportunity and jumping yeah, on it? Yeah, just waiting. Like, I like to write. Like I've told you before, I'm writing for a Red Wings blog called Wings Nation, and I'd like to get into podcasting. And I'd also really like to work in football. Like I know a lot about hockey and a lot about football, anything in either sport, really. Yeah, fellow Pats fans. Yeah. Fellow Pats fans. Hopefully, uh... Rough times, kind of. We kind got, of, yeah. We're looking promising, but the last five weeks of our season were bad. Really yeah, bad. Yeah, it was, it was a harsh reality like, yeah. playing Buffalo <laughs> in the playoffs. <laughs> but... When I wanted Cincy so bad, too, and look, look what they did, so... Yeah. Yeah, that's tough. But how's the writing for Wings it's, Nation? That's good. It's going really good. I've written seven articles for them now over the last month and a half. Uh, Wings Nation is having the most website traffic they've had in their history now like we just did a day when my last article came out that was the most views page views they've had since like november 2019 that's awesome man like yeah the whole website's been growing a lot me and a couple another new writer brendan delaney came on there brendan delaney and since then the whole site's been kind of taken off a bit so yeah i've checked your twitter and every update you post about like your most recent article it's even like your compared to your other tweets it's getting a lot of action as well so it seems that people are heading there yeah i have barely any followers like just over 100 but i'm getting like you know thousands of uh thousands of impressions on them and yeah my friends retweeting them a lot helps and yeah, it's going well how'd you uh jump on the opportunity well brian weeb our instructor he sent a job posting that they were looking for writers and i didn't know what i'd be writing for they have a ton of different blogs jets nation um obviously wings toronto they got Leafs on there, or uh, Blue Jays on there too, and uh, Flames. They got a bunch of stuff. They run Daily Faceoff, which a lot of people oh, look okay. at. They run, they run HockeyFights.com. So it's a pretty big branch. I didn't know what I'd be doing. I wrote one Red Wings article for them, and yeah, they brought me on. At first, I thought I'd be doing maybe Flame stuff, maybe Jet stuff, but we stuck it to just Wings, which I like. Not really a fan of those other two teams at all, and the Wings are exciting. Yeah. And yeah, my first couple articles weren't that good. I hadn't written much in a couple of years, but a lot of good constructive feedback from uh, the managing editor mike gould it's really been it's going really well and i'm enjoying it well yeah around olympic time you wrote that uh red wings players like on the brink of making the rosters and is that kind of what took everything off is that your first no one well, i wrote i don't even know what the first one i wrote we didn't publish it was just like a generic piece on like the red wings are on the come up or the the red wings of old are coming back with cider raymond etc and then I we didn't even publish that, and then I went into that one, which was Red Wings players who missed out on the Olympics with NHL not going. And, yeah, that was my first one. And I think if you read that and then read my most recent pieces, like, I've already improved a ton. Yeah? Yeah. How'd you get into hockey? I just started playing. I mean, my dad's a big sports fan. I started playing when I was seven, which is somewhat late, I guess, for a kid. I don't know. Yeah. Like most of my friends started around four or five. Yeah, I started playing around seven as well. Yeah. And I didn't play that high-level hockey. I played some rep hockey, but mostly just house. And I like to play all sports, really. I skied all the time. I played basketball. I never really committed to one that hard. I played soccer. Soccer was the one I was most competitive in, but yeah, just always love sports, love watching all of them. I'll watch badminton, if you ask me to, like <laughs> any sport. Yeah, and you just started following along. You said you're a, sh a Sharks fan. I'm a Sharks fan since, yeah, about that time, seven. How did that happen? See, I don't know, really. I think it's because I got NHL 2001 for my computer, okay. and Owen Nolan was on the cover. Oh, gotcha. And so I played whatever season mode with them, and then just 
that they were the only team I knew all the players on. And I just followed them. And I love Patrick Marlowe from the get-go. He's like the polar opposite of me as a player. He's calm. He's cool. You're just a hothead? He scores goals, yeah. And I just take bad <laughs> penalties and have no hands. <laughs> so, like, I always wanted to be like him, even though I was, like, more of, like, a Matt Barnaby or Matt Cook type player. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. But, yeah, I um, brought you on here to talk about hockey. And um, it's basically just a clean-up episode. It's, there's no real, like big headlines that are surfacing but there's still some that are willing to you know kind of talk about get your thoughts on everything but we'll kind of start in canada but uh canadian teams go to full capacity it's good to see what were your thoughts on like toronto and montreal going completely empty and what were your, it sucks yeah i mean i don't want to get into covid stuff too much whatever people think like i i'm very central i don't whatever but yeah it sucks for sports it sucks for the players it sucks for the fans like it's so dull in there when you watch an american broadcast and then you go watch the canadian ones it's just like how do we even have playoffs doing that in the past like it just it's terrible you see it with basketball too every rink is just or every whatever stadium is awesome and then the raptors just empty and it yeah it's just terrible optics and it is what it is like i can't say it's a bad thing if we need to get this pandemic down just sucks for sports it does and you kind of think about free agency and everything and how maybe that can affect players like wanting to go to canadian teams because it's like if i'm gonna risk spending half my season in an empty barn it's like it's gonna defeat well not just that there's all the regulations too the travel regulations can their family come up it definitely affect it we've seen players justin falk made comments about how happy he is in the states it's it's definitely better for an athlete right now. Is it better for your safety? Probably not. But it seems like most people aren't that concerned. No, exactly. No, yeah, no, you hit the nail on the head there. But uh, I'm not – I don't believe I touched on this, but it's a bit of old news. But uh, the Canucks hire uh, Cammy Granato as assistant GM. Uh, first team to ha- – well, they made history of hiring the first uh, female AGM. I believe in franchise history, maybe in the second in NHL history, and then they go and hire another one. What are your thoughts on the hire Canucks bringing on Cami Granato? Well, they're continuing their trend of hiring women. It was not just Emily. I don't know how to say their names, but it was like Ellen, Emily Castingway was the first AGM in league history yeah. that you mentioned. And then they brought in Rachel Dory, too, who's like 25 years old, super impressive in the analytics department, like worked in the OHL, and she's done whatever dissertation on – I can't remember exactly what, but, like, predicting NHL contracts. And they now have three women in their front office, which I don't think any major sports team could say. Yeah. Um, Granato, one of the most successful hockey players all time, not just women, part of the U.S. system for 15-plus years. Her brothers both played and coached in the NHL. Like, I don't know a ton about her managerial capabilities, but anyone with that much success in hockey is a great add to any team. Yeah, and it just it's a different set of eyes. It's a new set of eyes within the league and yeah i i like the hire uh rutherford is sticking with his diverse uh front office which is his goal european too in there exactly hires the first swedish gm and patrick alvina touched on that a few episodes ago but no i think it's going to be a good hire and like you said anyone who's had that much success in the nhl obviously has is smart enough to like make good decisions in terms of building a team so i i love the hire when uh 
it came up. But Montreal makes some splashes, hiring St. Louis as interim head coach. They fire uh, Ducharme, and then they also bring in St. Louis, uh, St. Louis former teammate Vinny LeCavier, a special advisor. What are your thoughts on those splashes that the Habs made? That was just a really cool day. I don't know who's not a fan of both Marty St. Louis and Vinny Clavier. Like, yeah, hockey legends. Yeah, exactly. And so far, it's working really good. It's it's a job interview for both St. Louis and all the players, right? Like, he isn't signed into next season. He's never coached professional hockey. And a lot of guys there are trade deadline targets. We already saw Toffoli go. And they definitely won't have a similar roster makeup next year. Like, they need to rebuild here. Soft rebuild, maybe. It depends what goes on with Price. But it's going great. Like, Caulfield's going crazy right now. He's got nine points in six games. Yeah. His his ice time's up the last few. He played over 20 minutes the other night after five points and one goal in 30 games. Like, there's something to be said about Ducharme's deployment of him, but also that team just needed – we watched it in Vancouver here. Like, the new coach is going to bring energy yeah. because it's a job interview for everyone. Exactly. And, like, it's – yeah, they just bring new energy and – I just I love it because he's a player that also played with some sort of bite and he was always kind of overlooked in terms of his height. He was traded away f- when he got drafted by Calgary because he just wasn't looked upon highly and goes to Tampa and he just he becomes one of their legends in franchise history. So I feel like St. Louis coming in with that same mentality of like first head coach or like first head coaching opportunity and no one really expected it yeah and i think he's just gonna he just brings a they're basically playing with house money because everyone knows that they're bad and they are bad and so i think it's just let's just go and give everyone a tough time and they did that against toronto on monday yeah it's going going well so far whatever happens i mean if they win one more game it doesn't matter really so like you said it's house money st louis is gonna why, why wouldn't you play hard for that guy? Like, he's exactly. done it all. Everyone's going to prove him wrong again, or he's going to prove everyone wrong again after who is this guy? He's a peewee coach, whatever. He's going to, just like Calgary, they're going to, the Habs move on from him. He's going to be coaching somewhere else soon and he's going to be successful. So, yeah, it seems like they're almost jumping on him before the league takes notice of him. Yeah. And it's not a bad idea. He fits the whole Montreal Canadiens mold of like, you got to be fluent in both English and French with. Which obviously I understand the mantra that they're going by. That's stupid. But it's you're gonna hire you're gonna keep hiring the wrong guy just to fit a certain mold. Like bring in the right coach and then bring in a translator if you need to. But why do you have to hire a guy who speaks English and French? But I mean if Saint Louis works out then well, I mean it hasn't worked there in how many years? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not saying it's like they've had bad they've had great coaches. Claude Julien was a great coach. Uh, even, uh, what's his name, the coach in Pip, Michelle Therrien. He was a good coach, too. People say a lot of bad stuff about him, but he was a good coach. And there is a lot of good French hockey minds. It's just completely unnecessary, though. It's, yeah. You know, like Canucks have a Swedish guy. It's not like every American team hires an American guy. It's just, it makes no sense. It literally makes no sense. Yeah. It's just, like, the French media that they need to fit, but it's like, why don't you just hire a guy who's, like, smart and, like, yeah. does the job well? Why do you have to fit the certain mold? doesn't necessarily make sense. Toronto, they've uh, made some few a few splashes, some roster moves. Um, the trade bait, bo- the trade bait board. You've seen kind of Nick Ritchie's name like floating amongst like near the bottom pretty much. But he was the guy who was rumored in some trades, and 
They ended up shipping him in a pick to Arizona for Labushkin and Dezingle. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, Richie didn't work out. They brought him in here. They wanted him playing first line at first. He's never been a first liner, probably since junior. He's a good physical guy that definitely can work on a team on a bottom six role. Labushkin's nice. He's a bigger guy, 6'2". He's physical. Doesn't have that much NHL experience for his age, but he's playing with Chikorin, so he can play up the lineup if they need. They're not huge splashes, though. Like, Dezingle already got waived and claimed by San Jose. Their D depth is okay. Um, I, I, I don't see these as major moves, really. Hutton's yeah. played three games all year, and he has been bad for three years. If he's playing games for the Leafs, they're in trouble. Yeah, I feel like they just got him for, like, emergency depth because they didn't want the whole calling up a junior player when both their backups are hurt Yeah. because of cap space. So I feel like they brought in at least a goalie with NHL experience. Yeah, because that was another one. It was basically a huge package deal. They sent future considerations to Arizona for Hutton, and he's in, I believe, the coast or the farm team for AZ, and yeah. he's going to be heading over to Toronto pretty soon. But if anything, it's just like we'll call you like when we really need you. We just got you for depth. That's yeah, what that's what they're doing. They're, he's he's loaned to Tucson. Actually, he's staying there. Yeah, unless they need him. Yeah, so. I don't know. I don't think they're big moves. He's basically just like an NHL e bug, pretty much. <laughs> Yeah, at this point. But uh, Calgary, they've been on a they've been on a pretty big heater as of late. They just beat um, Winnipeg, if I'm not mistaken. No, yeah, they just beat Winnipeg to go on a ten game heater. What are your I've I overlook Calgary at the start of the year. Yeah, me too. What are your What are your uh, impressions of Calgary this year? I didn't expect them to be this good. Obviously, they brought in Sutter, which great coach they won a couple cops i didn't think he like we've seen this mold of younger coaches coming up in sports everywhere every league and i didn't expect i didn't expect this at all like especially with monahan's drop off he went from like a first line center for six years to being essentially a third or fourth liner yeah with power play time and they're just all these deaf players are playing insane all six of their d are good especially anderson and uh oh, who else is there Who's chris the- tanev obviously and then like Manjapan is going to score 30-plus goals. The whole team, Markstrom, eight shutouts. They're every, a lot of guys are exceeding expectations, yeah. and that's how you win cops. Like, they're a legit contender right now. Yeah, it's, it's something that I was completely blindsided by because they had a severe down year last year. Like, they just did not play up to par. And a lot of that came with Markstrom. He was kind of he was injured quite a bit last year. Johnny Goudreau didn't play that well. But now everyone's just everything's clicking on the right note. So they're they're a scary team to look at. Yeah, we didn't even mention Matthew Kachuk either. Yeah. Like, he's probably their best player. Yeah, it's someone who can bring different facets to the game like Kachuk. He can bring grit when he can. He's a great goal scorer and he's just a good he's a, even if he's not really like trying to do anything, he's someone that the defense locks their eyes on and it's just it's right, tough. He, he's point per game, but they don't need him to be that every night. Like there's teams like San Jose, if Meyer or Hurdle don't score, they don't win. In Calgary, Kachuk doesn't need to score every night because you have Goudreau, you have Windholm and Manjapan, and even like guys like Lucic and Coleman. They they'll produce too. Like they're deep, they're really deep, and they have the goaltender. 
I'd hate to see it, but they might win the cup. Like, yeah, it's because they were. Um, I think it was was it the year that Tampa was like unbelievable, um, where it was like the race between Kucherov and Tampa on how many points each one would get. Kucherov won the heart, but Calgary was, I believe, first in the West that year, and everyone was looking at them like cup contenders. So, but this team just like seems different. Like this Calgary Flames compared to that Calgary Flames, they just look a lot more playoff like than the one before. Just everything's clicking over there. It yeah. looks like the most fun anyone's ever had. Like they seven game win streak at home, first team to ever do that. And like yeah, to live in Calgary right now and be a Flames fan, a season ticket holder would be just so much fun. Yeah. They have everything. They have the grit guys like the Lucic and the Kachuk and then they have the goal scorers. Goudreau's playing like a heart trophy winner, hundred points pace. Yeah. They have everything. No, yeah, everything's looking so good. Dorov and Goodbranson are good too. Third pair, they got like thirteen feet of man combined on them. So, like, <laughs> that's unbelievable. And especially the ways the Dorov hits too. Yeah, everyone's just and Goodbranson could fight as well. So that guy's been thrown around the league, and especially Vancouver Canucks will, you know, talk down on him, but he's been pretty successful for them this year. Like, yeah, I didn't see him being a piece on a cup contending team. Not Same the way here. the last five years of his career went. No, I, I completely agree with you i was not expecting that at all but i mean good for him but uh andrew hammond we're gonna go back to montreal for a sec he uh starts his first game in nearly four years and tops it off with a 30 save per win uh 4-2 over the aisles what are your thoughts on that what was your reaction to i mean yeah everyone remembers his run with Ottawa when they made the playoffs, I don't know what it was, four or five years ago. They won, like, 20 of 22 games or something like that. Yeah. And it's just a good story, right? He's over 2,000 games between wins, I think, and that or days, sorry. And that's, like, top five or ten all time. Oh, good for him. It's part of the uh, Habs turning around. St. Louis there. And Hammond coming back. Who knows? Maybe they're going to make a push. Yeah, push is a stretch. But, I mean, I just think... It goes along with the house money term. Give every player within your um, farm system and all that, give them any shot because they need to get, I guess, a perspective on what they need to get in the draft or the deadline. Like, what pieces can they push for? They need to take a look at everything. And Andrew Hammond, like you said, the Hamburglar days on Ottawa – when he was just the best goalie in the world for <laughs> a few weeks stretch. I, yeah, it's just a great story, and it's great to see. I I completely forgot that he was, like, in the NHL. Until well, I, I think he really was. I think he spent most of the last few years in the A. Yeah. But yeah, good for him. He's back. I don't, I don't think uh, he's making another run like that, but if he can stick around the league, that's fun. You know, fun name. Pretty sure he got, like, a lifetime McDonald's card that he still has, too. For yeah. Him, so. Get the boys some burgers after the land. Yeah, get the boys some cheeseburgers. But uh, moving on to Boston, Marshawn's six-game sussy is upheld for his uh, punch and jab to Tristan Jari. What were your thoughts when you first saw that? I mean, I thought it was funny. Like, he didn't hurt anyone, right? last thing you want to see is someone getting a headshot and concussed. Uh, he was doing stuff all game, right? He took the puck from Jari when he tried to flip it over. And then he blocked Crosby from going for uh, to get a new stick when he broke his stick on the faceoff. 
I thought it was all hilarious. I really did. And, like, obviously you can't punch a goalie in the head. You just can't do it. Yeah. Like, he didn't hurt him. Jerry played the next game. There's no concussion spotter taking him out. It was a little jab. Kids get hit harder in peewee hockey. Like, you just can't do it. It looks bad. We can't have guys running around hitting goalies. I, I, six games, if that was to – if McDavid did that, six games would be insane. But a guy who's been suspended, I think, eight times now – yeah, you just can't do it. Yeah, it just felt completely unnecessary because the context and why he did it was just... Well, that makes it even worse. <laughs> yeah, is like Tristan Jari always said, was like, how about that save to him? Like, allegedly. And then Marshawn just goes and, like, punches him in the head. Yeah, that, that that's a bad look for him. That just show, makes him look soft. Like, if that's all it takes to set you off and hurt your team for the next two weeks... That's that's just not good. Yeah, like you're one of the probably, if not the best, winger in the world. Like it, the talent is there; it's undeniable. No one can argue it. But he's just—you never know when he's going to be in your lineup. Like, because anything can set him off, and if that thing's pushing you over the edge. Well, the Bruins are battling for position too. They're very likely in the playoffs, but probably seventh or eighth seed. You want to face a, you know, a Florida or a, one of those top three or four teams in the East in the first round? No. Yeah, you want something that gives yourself the best chance to win. And they need everything they can get from goaltending to, you know, providing stable defense because I think that's their one weakness is holes on the defense. And if you're missing your top score, then nothing's guaranteed. So, yeah, I thought it was pretty silly of him to do that. and But... This all happened, too, right when he was, like, starting to get back on my good side. And that's like, how it is. He doesn't do anything for a while. You can just know what's coming. Yeah. Like, his sound bites about Arizona going, playing in ASU, when he just said, like, because the capacity is, like, 5,000. He's like, if you want to fill that up, you have to give 4,500 away for free. <laughs> like, I thought that was one of the funniest things. Man, I don't know, though, with college kids. Yeah. I think that's a, I think that's a draw. I mean, maybe they don't. ASU hockey has been taking off for like five years yeah so to get nhl there is gonna be i think it's fun obviously it's a it's a bad look for the league we shouldn't yeah. have professional level sports at this caliber in that small of a rink but you get five thousand drunk college students at an nhl game it's gonna be i want to go to one it'd be awesome yeah because the because everything has to be like way cheaper than like it was already pretty cheap at arizona games but i mean it's probably got to be like few dollar just beers. The college sports atmosphere is the best in the yeah. world. You go to like basketball games or football games. There's that's better than NBA and NFL. Yeah. It just is. Yeah, because you see the student section and then everyone's just going crazy. Yeah. So, but yeah, that comment from Marshawn was hilarious. I thought that was funny. And then when he said it was a comment about um, Carolina, and they uh, when they beat Boston, they. Uh, tweeted L for Lamborghini or something like that when they posted their win and then Marshawn replied and he's like you're the reason why we pay like 60% escrow every year because Carolina just can't put asses in the seats or something like that you know, I, I was laughing so hard at that so Marshawn was just starting to get on my good side and then he pulls like shit like this against Jari so guy, guy can never catch a break but it's like he gets bored of playing hockey. <laughs> no, he's I like, just I got thirty points in twenty games. Now I need to, I need to do something else because yeah. this is just this is too easy for me. Yeah, I got to bring some drama to the league. He handicaps good. himself just to make it fair for everyone else. <laughs> exactly. Um, Eichel, he scores his first goal. 
for Vegas, I believe against your Sharks. Yeah. What's your, uh, how do you think the Golden Knights kind of play throughout the season or the rest of the season with Eichel in the lineup now? It's huge. They, they just got it. They've never had a number one center in their team's history, and he's a top ten one, even with the injury. Like, they're scary now. Like, even with Stone's out, we don't know what's up with that. Is it just a cap thing? Is I think it, it's just a cap circumvention, I mean, but... Yeah, I, I, it's not a surgery injury or anything like that. So that's like, I bet you he could be. If they were six points out of a playoff spot right now, he's in the lineup. He's got to be. Yeah, it's just a matter of like getting the space for the team because, uh, like, I just think with caps. Well, like, they'd move. They'd move someone. They'd move Smith or they'd move Mark Chasso or, I don't know. They'd move someone if they if they needed him, he'd be in the lineup. I think, but I'm hey, I'm not there, and I don't I don't want to assume his back might be, you know, might be really bad. But I hate it. I didn't care so much about. Tampa last year with the Kucherov thing, I thought it was whatever, rules are rules, and now two years in a row, and this one even looks more shady than the last. I, I hate it, and they look good. I watched that game. He's moving the puck around with Stevenson. Like, they're just making such quick passes. That first goal, I don't know what Reimer was doing. He was basically in the net, but it was after, like, four <laughs> quick passes. They were just they made it look so easy. He's such a good player. Everyone's forgot about him. It's You could see a deep run from them for sure. Yeah, I was talking. I had my buddy Matt on when the trade happened and we were both saying we both agreed that when he's like on the top of his game like he's a top five player in the league and like you said that injury a lot of people kind of forgot like how good he is like you saw the trade and people were saying like buffalo won like they fleeced vegas and i'm like fleeced is a very strong word because eichel is like people forget how good he is when he is on his game and yeah he won't he was hurt all last year and he had 19 points in 21 games i think and people, yeah like that's him playing terrible yeah yeah <laughs> on a terrible team you see some of his highlights and it's like he makes everything look so easy he's deceivingly fast his stride is like as long yeah. as him his sticks like super long too he has so much length he doesn't look like he's skating it's like scott niedermeyer but like with long legs yeah exactly and him with Vegas is just gonna be scary. That power play of like Stone come like when Stone comes back, you'll have him, Eichel, Pacioretty, Theodore, or Petrangelo, and then maybe like Marcia So. It's just yeah, they're, they're two units deep even. Yeah, and then if they can acquire, even like Brassois is like not playing bad at all behind Leonard. Leonard's out right now, but if they well, can that kid Logan Thompson looked good against the Sharks he made like 30 something saves yeah so I this if there's any year then it's at least this one or well, look at the Pacific though like it, it's supposed to be terrible we just talked about how good Calgary is and now we got Connor McDavid and Jack Eichel in there like maybe it's not a deep division but there's some strong teams there like and just like the yeah the players you rattled off it's just this there's stars in the Pacific division so Something going to be one that people are going to be paying more and more attention to, especially with how Vegas is turning it on and like kind of buying into like we're not going to be any ordinary newcomer to the league. No, they're not. No, they're probably they the best expansion team in sports history. Yeah. And they haven't even won anything. But Yeah, that's the thing. You make the cup finals in your inaugural year, you're going to be classified as that and deserving. And how many teams from then are still looking good? Like not many. The Sharks were really good then. We're terrible now. Like to sustain it for that many years is it's already impressive. No, I I completely agree with that. But I'm excited to see 
I hate it because it's like I'm. A, it's more of a jealous hate towards Vegas because it's like yeah. I'm a Canucks fan and like we've been trash for like exactly a ne- ton of you time. haven't won in forty plus years and they've been to a third as many finals as you in five years <laughs> like yeah and they've just been sitting at the top of the league ever since they've come in like yeah. it wasn't just a lucky year no, I like, hate them I hate them so much yeah <laughs> but like I could. I respect them. They're a hell of a team, hell of an organization. They don't even have a guy with that's point per game or even close to. They're just so deep, and they switch coaches. They continue just to play well every night. And I I don't even get it. They're just they're so good. Yeah. No, it's it's super annoying, because yeah, like William Carlson. What was he before he went to Vegas? He was like he's a, a fringe fourth line. Yeah. Like he had like eight goals or something. Yeah, and then he got like. 42 in his first yeah. year with Vegas, and then he's been a solid, solid second liner ever since. And Marcia So, he's been a clutch player. They got Florida traded them, like Marcia So and Smith, to not take, I think it was, it was that big defenseman they used to have. Uh, I can't remember his name. He's a, he's a Western Canadian guy. He fought Kane in a game three times once. But they literally made them take Smith and Marcia So to not take this guy who's not even in the league anymore. And those are two of their top six forwards for like their whole. Yeah, it's it's um, it's not fair, man. It's not fair, but it's yeah, not sure. fair to Seattle, man. They got screwed because of that. <laughs> yeah, because everyone was like, "We're not doing the same thing." Yeah, that we did Vegas. It was just funny because with Seattle's draft, I thought like on paper their team looked better than Vegas's, but it was hard it would be hard to like I think we were like the year blinded because Vegas turned out so good and we're like looking at this one we're like oh look how Vegas, good Vegas was they're going to be good too and then Grubauer just like he's been awful if he's elite they're probably in the hunt like he was elite for a year or two there yeah I mean do you think that was uh, because of the team he was on it's hard to say because even Hutton hasn't or what's his name Kemper sorry Arizona goalies but Kemper hasn't been that good there either so I don't know what it is maybe no, no idea. Like maybe he had a kid or something. He's too busy. Definitely the team hurts a bit, but his drop off is pretty crazy. No, it is. It is pretty crazy. But we'll uh, move. There's a quote by Stamkos, and he said Matthews can score sixty goals easily, and we saw him do it, and within his first few years in the league. When do you think we'll see the next person score sixty goals? I don't know. It could ha- it could happen any year. I wouldn't be surprised if Ovechkin did it again. Matthews is like super committed to playing defense too. So if he was floating around like a young Ovechkin, he probably would put up sixty. I think it could happen any year. There's a number of guys that could do it. Like even a guy like Debrinkat, if he gets moved to play with an elite center, oh, like yeah. if you put him on the wing with like Eichel or something, or I think I think it'll happen soon. We've seen five six years ago, we weren't even seeing a hundred point guys. Now we're getting ten plus guys to get pace for that every year it, it, it's a matter of time i thought it would have been this year still could be we saw guys score 20 in the first 30 this year they could score someone could score 30 in the last 30 like no it's that's a really good point because yeah the uh the rocket race is like dry sidles leading the league with 33 but then you see the top five, five number five is 29 that's kyle connor so it's like the race is super tight, and like any of those guys can go on an absolute tear. Ten goals in six games. Yeah, that's already forty, right? Yeah, so the talent in the league is stupid right now. It's yeah, yeah. We could see sixty every year for the next five years. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised either. Do you think anyone hits seventy? 
Probably not. Yeah. Probably not. I hope I'm wrong. I think maybe if we, maybe if Drysaddle and McDavid team up for every shift for a full year, maybe Drysaddle can pocket seventy. But no, I don't think we'll see that. That's like, that's 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 bad goalie stuff. Like the goalies are too good now. Yeah. If McDavid played in the '80s, he'd score 150. <laughs> like, but yeah, I don't think anyone's putting 70 away. That's nearly a, like a not even like a point. People wish to put up 70 you points. You gotta stay healthy too. Like, yeah. No, but 60. Yeah, it's amazing what 10 goals. It's like 60. You can almost see, but 70 is like it seems just a little too far fetched. Yeah. But who do you think is the next one who puts 60 away? Probably Matthews. Matthews? Yeah. Even, I mean, Dreisaitl too, but I'd say, I'd, I'd lean Matthews. I think that he's the best goal-scoring talent since Ovechkin. Like, no disrespect to Dreisaitl, but I think Matthews can create for himself a little bit more. I'd, I'd lean towards him. Yeah, he seems to have the biggest knack and one of the best shots in the league. Sorry, one sec. Anyways, um... Yeah, we had to pause there because the audio in here is BCIT is doing the construction, something, some sanding or whatever. But yeah, I don't know what's going on. But I, uh, yeah, I think Matthews would be the next one to do it. I can agree with you there. But uh, trade deadline's coming up, and there's some interesting names. Surprising uh, number one, you see. Ben Chirot sitting at the top of the like almost everyone's trade bait board, which is that's he, he's not the best player. That's he, available. Yeah, he's not the best player. That's like in trade rumors. You you get like Claude Giroux, you got J T Miller, Hurdle, Hurdle. Yeah, exactly. And it's like why is Ben Chirot up there? And people like people are saying teams are willing to give up a first for Chirot. It's like why? If that happens, then Jake Chick Chickren's worth like six. Yeah, yeah, it's dumb. But um, well, what's the, like uh, interesting name or uh, like trade that you're kind of hypothesizing? Well, to me, like, the most interesting is Giroux. Like he's been the captain for I don't know how many seasons. He's been there for ten plus. Um, there's rumors that he wanted to go to Colorado. I don't know how they make that happen, but just to see him leave Philly and he's still such a good offensive player. I think that if he gets on a team that's like a middling team, if he gets on a Calgary, they just got to Foley, so they probably don't go another forward. They're rumored to get Sherratt too. But if he gets on a contending team, I, that's who I'd be scared of. Yeah, because he doesn't have to play those first-line minutes anymore. Yeah. And, like, he's kind of past those days. But he's also a guy who's like, oh, you need someone. His skill like, is so high. Yeah. Like, if he goes to Colorado, like, Landis Gog plays center there. Or Nathan McKinnon does. They kind of like switch out. Like if Lana Scott gets hurt, Drew's like, okay, I'll just like fill in. Like I'll just like play. I don't even want. know how they fit him in there. Like, yeah, they'd have to give up like. Just like. Yeah, I don't even know. Yeah, I don't know. It'd be interesting, but he also said, "It's another team." He said. Well, I saw this Colorado rumor, and then it was apparently like not true. Someone had said it was the only place that he was willing to go. Oh yeah. And then, it, and then he that came out, or their their GM came out. Someone said that that's not true at all. So I don't know. I think he was rumored to one of the Florida teams. 
Florida would be nice. I thought I saw St. Louis in there, but I may have been wrong. I may have been thinking about someone else, but no, I'm also like Giroux is an interesting name, and he's a name I have down there for uh, something we're gonna do a bit later. But yeah, I'm. It's gonna be so weird to see him in like a different jersey. I almost don't think it'll even happen. Like. Unless he forces his way out. He's still got that big contract. They'll have to eat some of it if they're sending him to a good team. I'm pretty sure he has a full move. I, I, it would just be weird. I would love to see it in Pittsburgh. Him and Carlos have hated each other for so long. Yeah. That would, I think that would be cool. Did you hear that story about at uh, World Championships? No. It uh, might have. Remind me. Uh, I believe it was Nathan McKinnon telling the story. And they were at World Championships. You know, the ones that happens like, during playoffs or whatever. Or it yeah, may have yeah. been, like, Olympic tryouts or something, but I can't remember. But Team Canada was out, and Pittsburgh and Philly were both out of the playoffs, so Giroux and Crosby went over to play. And they were going out for, like, dinner. And uh, Giroux was sitting down, and Crosby hadn't shown up yet. And, like, Nathan McKinnon and all the boys, like, saved the seat, the only seat left to besides to Giroux. <laughs> and Crosby came in, and they are like, yo, say we got a spot over here beside Giroux. And, like, everyone just started dying laughing. And I don't know how awkward it was. Like, I didn't hear that part. But just the everyone knows that the few that Crosby and Giroux and, like, Pittsburgh versus Philly, like, that awesome, rivalry. Awesome playoff matchups. Yeah, like, that one highlight of Giroux completely dumping Crosby, like, right at the start of the game. And that just started, like. There was rumors, too, that Giroux didn't make Sochi in 2014 because of Crosby. Really? And I don't think that's true. Crosby's just a gamer. He wants to win. He'll want whoever's on the team. I don't. I could not see him doing that personally. Yeah. But there were rumors that yeah, Giroux's like a hundred point player at the time doesn't make it because Crosby doesn't like him. And I don't think that would be true. But it's uh, interesting. Like, that's like some Michael Jordan shit. Like with like, Isaiah uh, Thomas. Yeah, Isaiah Thomas not making the dream team. Like he was probably like no, nah, like. But Christian Leitner's on that team. <laughs> Different positions, but still. It's like, just get anyone else but him. So, I yeah, I don't think Crosby's that way. But some interesting uh, storylines that um, go on. But uh, I also saw this one thing, and it's going to kind of flow into Chicago. But I saw, like, Bobby Hall, um, part of Ways of Chicago. I think that's, like, the ultimate smart move. I didn't know this city was still in the league. Like, you can look into his history if you want, but... He shouldn't be working in the NHL with the stuff he's said in the past and yeah. racist things he's done. Like he, I had no idea he was still involved with the league. Yeah, and that just shows like with what kind of organization Chicago is. Like they've just yeah. been an absolute barn burner. Yeah, he's one of their all-time legends, but it's he's definitely still living in his time. <laughs> well, what he and it was years and it was decades ago when he was saying some of this racist stuff, or like somewhat supporting Hitler, and. I don't understand how he's. I don't. I couldn't believe he was still affiliated with the team. I haven't heard his name other than people that bring up that stuff every once in a while. Like it's wild to me. Yeah, it's uh, it's ridiculous. But uh, do you think Flurry gets traded? I hope so. Like he's in the last year of his deal. They can take cap to move him. I'd love to see him go back to Pittsburgh. Jari's incredible there. So it'd be like a Murray Flurry thing again with who starts, but. Apparently Washington much might be interested, which would hurt for Penguins fans to see him there. I heard that Fleury's turned down multiple trade offers from Washington, and mm-hmm. he said no to all of them. Well, that's cool then. That'd be 
good to hear for the Pens fans. I, I've always cheered for Pittsburgh. Like, I just love Crosby and just love good hockey. It's hard it's hard for me not to, especially being an East team and I cheer for the Sharks. Yeah, I'd love to see him go there. I don't know where else like he'd be really needed. Like all the other contenders, goalies are playing well. Like, and he only wants to go where he can win. In the East, like all those top teams are, have good goalies. Rangers, Carolina, Florida, Toronto. They're all solid goaltenders. Maybe Boston. Boston could be a good fit there. Swayman's been good, but he's young. Yeah. Rask didn't work out. Yeah, it's it's interesting to look Minnesota into. maybe. Yeah. Kakinen Talbot. Talbot was good when he's in, but he's always hurt. I'd like to see him get moved. The league's more fun when Fleury's a prominent player. And like actually playing for something. Edmonton. Oh, that's what I um have Are they been. really a contender though? I don't yeah, that's the thing. It's there's so many there's so many holes in that roster that yeah. I think they're way more than just adding Flurry to their lineup to like go on a run. Like it would definitely help, like more like because they have Swiss cheese goalies right now. Like fl- yeah. like Mike Smith isn't in the lineup. They have Jeff. They have not Jeff Skinner, but they have Skinner in that. He's the only one that might have and, some potential there. Yeah, he's just, and he's no just experience. not there yet. And yeah. then Koskinen is like on. Peter Chiarelli's parting move for them, signed him 4.6 <laughs> by 3. Gets yeah. fired the next week. Yeah, it's and he wears number 19. If you're a goalie and wear <laughs> number 19, like, you just you suck already. But, yeah, I'm uh, I'm interested to see how the – I'm interested to see how the flurry sweepstakes. I'd love to see him get moved. I, they're so disappointing, everyone – well, not everyone, but you thought maybe, hey, flurry comes over, Seth Jones comes over. We still got these young guys that like Debrinket and Strom that might continue to ascend. I was hoping they would be good. They got to get Kane out of there now too, because Taves' comeback is sad and not good. Yeah, Kane's contract's huge, but imagine that's the name, that's the trade deadline name. That guy gets moved, he could instantly go win another cup if he gets put on a good team. Like he's been carrying carrying Chicago for the last three years. He's like the only good player most nights. <laughs> no, that's that's a fact. That's one hundred percent a fact. Um, I'm I'm also looking like Nashville for Flurry. Saros been good, really good. Yeah, I he's, mean he's young. I don't see that. I don't see that as a fit. I mean, well, you see, Jari's been good this year. Just depth, depth goalies, especially on a one year or a common deadline acquisition. But does he want to? He does. He's not going to wave to go be a backup. I don't think. Yeah. I mean, watch for the next month if someone goes down. That's when. We'll really see. Because even then, say a guy goes out for a month, they'll need him down the stretch. Maybe he won't be the starter, but just to play the last 20 games or so until the guy's healthy. Yeah. And also, Preds like aren't necessarily in a playoff spot right now. They're four points back of third in the Central, so it's not really like a guarantee right now. I feel they've like, been trending down hard, too. Yeah, I feel like he'd only go to somewhere where like he's kind of guaranteed a spot. And he's still like even in talks of with Chicago to like determine his future and like where he wants to go and there's still like a month until the deadline so I don't think he wants to be there yeah I don't think he wants to either but I think it's just a matter of like do you know if he has full no move I think it's modified okay so they get three team list or something yeah and I think they'd be stupid to not move him he's not going to resign there and he's UFA so you think uh, like Vegas turned this down but do you think he reunites in there no yeah. No, they can't do that. They can't do. do that to Leonard. They committed to the guy. Like they, yeah. 
that's just a bad look from their management if they do that. Why? They, I know everyone wants to sign there. They like the atmosphere. They like the city. I would be wary to sign there if they just screwed Leonard over like that. Yeah. After they just screwed Flurry over. <laughs> exactly. Like if I was Flurry, I wouldn't want to go back to Vegas just because no. it's like they. I just won the Vez and they traded me away for nothing. Yeah, I wouldn't go back either. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think if he wants another chance to win, he might have to take on a backup role or at least like not a complete starting role. Like I maybe like Minnesota and Boston. I, I mean, they're second tier contenders, right? But. I yeah, I mean Minnesota's sitting second in the central. They're super exciting. Like they're they've been boring their whole their whole franchise life. They've been a boring team. They never have guys who put up points. Like they've never gone on a deep run. Their Capri stuff comes over and it changes their whole franchise. Depth guys are going crazy. Marcus Felino scoring twenty plus. Ryan Hartman is like almost point per game. It's insane. They're they're super exciting. Yeah. Do you think they'd run like a one A, one B with Talbot? I don't know what's going on health-wise over there because I know he missed a bunch of games. Kakinen's been playing too. He doesn't look like he's going to be like a legit starter, I don't think. I don't know how it would work, honestly. It would probably be just try out for the job. Talbot's been good, but... I assume it would be like a 1A, 1B. If like a goalie's on a hot streak, let him ride. But yeah. if he has like an off game, then we'll just see how the other guy goes. But it's not going to be like a... Like Demko Halak, where he gets like ninety percent on the starts. Yeah, no. like I don't think it'd be like that, but yeah, I'm with you. I hope Flurry gets moved because he kind of deserves better than what's going on in Chicago right now. That's a fact. Who's uh Calgary's backup again? It's Dan Vladar, I believe. Vladar. He's only played like ten games, but he's got a couple of shutouts too. Yeah, Dan Vladar. Yeah, and he's yeah, been good for them too. Yeah, so there's some teams to kind of look out for, but yeah. So uh, I got some things that I've drawn up. Some five finish the sentence slash fill in the blanks that you're gonna okay do, and we can kind of talk about them, talk about your answer, whatever. But kind of did this, but blank is guaranteed to find himself on a new team after the deadline. I'll go with Ben Perrot. I mean, we're talking about him not being worth a first, but everyone's depth defenders, there's not enough of them. They're always going to get moved. Montreal needs more picks. They need more prospects. He's gone. Yeah, that's a yeah, that's a really good point because especially for playoff teams too. You never have too many D-men. You want to be eight or nine deep. You really do. Yeah, exactly. I put, I put Giroud down there because I really think he's going to leave Philly. His contract is just the only thing. And, I think and he's just such a legend there. Like Yeah. But I think he, I just think he wants a chance to win and I don't think Philly's close to that. Yeah. They probably both go. They talked about Philly's been talking about rebuilding their culture and stuff. Not that Sharu's a detriment to it, but it's just time to move on, get younger. Yeah. And I think the one step is just And they just traded Voracek too, who was a yeah. you know, long time loved member of that team, so And I th- I think if he does get traded, like I've seen on like Philly Twitter and Philly Instagram, that they, they almost like want to see him get traded to a contender because they want to see him like actually have another run at a cup. Because yeah. in twenty eleven, no, twenty ten, when they lost uh, to Chicago, lost to Chicago, it's like that they haven't really had. I don't know what the hell like has been up with that team. Like they've yeah. had so many good players over the last decade, and they just consistently underperform like they've had so many good players yeah i like i 
picked them to win the cup the year of the bubble, I think, or maybe the year after. I can't remember exactly, but they've just been. They were a hot pick this year, too. A lot of people thought they were going to be a playoff team. Like They brought in Ryan Ellis, which was big. He hasn't played all year. Yeah. I might have had them winning the Metro this year. I can't remember. I can't remember what I had either. I didn't. I don't think I had them doing that good, but I probably didn't see them being this bad either. Yeah, but yeah, I just, I just see Giroux wanting to just just get another shot at a cup run, and I think some team makes it work, like a contending team. But another one, blank isn't getting enough appreciation for the season they're having. Timo Meyer, my guy. Timo Meyer's been ninety plus point pace. He leads. He's up there top ten in a lot of like advanced analytics too for driving play. He, I said this earlier that San Jose doesn't win if him and Hurdle don't score. He has been so good. He scored thirty two three years ago and then two down years in a row, and he's just been insane. He drives play. There's he's like Evander Kane, Tom Wilson. There's him. There's very few guys that are that fast, that strong, and can play with the puck. Like he, he's just good at everything. Five goal game, most in Sharks history. He's been so good all year long. He, yeah, because he's so he takes advantage of the chances, the opportunities he gets, and he's like one of those players that really harps on the just get the puck on net. And he, yeah, he's I think second or third yeah. in shots. He yeah, shoots from everywhere. Exactly, like sharp angles on the power play. Anytime the puck gets in his wheelhouse, he just fires it towards the net, and it, that's how goal scores get paid they just throw the puck on it you can't score if you don't shoot right that's how um mike bossy scored like went on that 50 goal season 10 like nine straight 50 goal seasons like he just said it's like i didn't aim i just shot the puck on net and just found a way in mind you the goalies were like carpenters on their off days back then but if that's the case then everyone should have put 50 a season away but no one did it like bossy uh, in that time, so I feel like uh, Myers just kind of following along with that. Like he's well, with Kane being out too. There was a big hole needed up yeah. front for a power forward, first power play. He hasn't always got first power play, and he's having the best year of his career. And yeah. nobody's paying any attention because the team sucks and no one's going to the games. They get ten thousand fans a night right now. Like, fair enough. Why follow the Sharks right now? But it, him and Hurdle, that's that's why. Like they're yeah. they're exciting most nights. Do you think Hurdle gets traded? I mean, it's hard. Uh, he said he wants to stay in San Jose. A couple weeks ago, that came out, and the assistant general manager, Joe Will, he's been acting GM for months now because Doug Wilson's been out with medical leave. He said, like, two weeks ago, that we haven't talked anything about that. We're only focused on the contract. So I don't want him to go. They want, everyone wants him to rebuild. We're stuck with all these contracts. So they got Couture, Burns, Vlasic, Carlson. That Vlasic contract doesn't oh, look terrible. Good. He's he's yeah he, he's not even worth a mill. I love him. He's an all-time shark. He's not even worth a mill. But with all those on there, you can't rebuild anyway. Yeah. So sign him to five six years. In five years, those other contracts are bat off the books, and that's the only big one you have to worry about. And then upcoming Meyer deal. But like, if they what they should be doing is trading Couture if anyone will take on that contract because Hurdle's younger and better. Like we're in one or two years, Couture's completely unmovable if he's not already unmovable. So I just I think there's something to be said about like being the worst team you can to get better picks, but you also need veteran leaders there to develop your young guys. Yeah, like exactly. It, just because you get a bunch of high picks does not mean this team is going to turn into a cup contender. Buffalo's been 
getting high picks for 10 years. Edmonton took 10 years, and they're still not even that good either. Like, you need veterans there. So to lose him, I think, is a huge blow. And he's pretty much a rental, so the return's not going to be as good as people think. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe a late first and a middling prospect or two. Like, we're not going to top 10 first, so to me, he's worth that, and we're not going to get it, so why trade him? Yeah. Fair enough, because there's rumors of Hurdle going to the Rangers, but then those kind of, like, died off after a bit. But trade deadline, like, random players get shipped. Like, I've seen, like, Besser being involved in, like, trade discussions. Pretty much every Canuck's been talked and, about. <laughs> Pedersen even has been brought up by people. Yeah, I, um, I think there's a f- three to four untouchables, and one of this fourth one, like, came to me. This Hoglander one of them? Pod Colson. Yeah. I fucking love Paul Coles. I love the way he plays. He's, I think he's never going to be like a 90 point player. I think he's going to be 60, 60, 70, maybe big guy, but he plays with, he has bite to him. And that's something that the Canucks have been missing for a very long time. Like ever. Yeah. Is a player like him. He's got bite and he, he's deceivingly strong. He doesn't, he looks pretty skinny, but he can, you can bowl someone over. So, but yeah, like Hughes, Patterson, and Demko, I don't think we should trade. And then Pod Coles and slips there. But yeah, so Hurdle being in like discussions, like it makes sense. I mean, if he doesn't want to resign, you have to move him. You can't yeah. lose him for nothing. You can't. Yeah. He's my favorite player, though, since Marlowe retired. Or he's not retired, but he's not in the league likely will retire after this season i guess but he's my favorite player i don't want him to go i don't care i don't care if it makes the team worse and we're gonna move up three spots in the draft like yeah lottery is lottery we'll have a chance to win the one pick no matter where we finish if it's 11th or if it's eighth keep him yeah fair enough i uh i put goudreau because i still feel like he's not getting the attention he deserves he's fourth in scoring and he leads the league in plus minus which isn't like the Main statue player, it but he's plus forty four. Like that's absurd, and he's top five in assists with forty four. He's a six, like he's fourth in the scoring. But I still feel like his name isn't talked about enough, and it's just probably because that team is so deep. Like yeah. they, they have different guys that do it every night. Yeah, so, so I think Goudreau's having an unbelievable year after down year last year, and. Like, when he's on top of his game, he can be, like, a Hart Trophy player. He's like he one, is a Hart Trophy yeah. candidate right now. Yeah, he's one of the best, like, overtime players. Like, three-on-three, three, like, he's just so patient. And uh, he's one of, if not the biggest reason why Calgary's doing if so they, well. Cause if he, they do poorly in the playoffs this year, he's probably getting moved. Someone is. They yeah. haven't. He's never done it in the playoffs. Yeah, They're contenders right now. They, there'll be changes there if they because this team's good. They got to go to the conference final. They do, if they don't, it's it's a it's a wash. Yeah, it's a very disappointing year. Um, to start a franchise, you pick this player, and I took out three names: no McDavid, Matthews, or McKinnon. McCarr. I put the same. Kale McCarr. It's got to be. He's he's McDavid on defense. He's the closest thing to Bobby Orr since Bobby Orr. He's he's insane. He's gonna continuously year after year be on pace for like 30 goals and it's going to yeah. take an injury or just a team if he slump. has a carlson like drop off who carlson has was having an incredible year don't get me wrong but he gets injured every single year if he drops off like that it'll be so depressing for all hockey fans except for like central division fans that aren't yeah. fans 
Like he, it's just, I, I can't believe it. Carlson was so incredibly good offensively. I thought we would never see something like that for 20 years. And the car's better already. Like, remember in the his rookie year, the McCarr Hughes, and just the way McCarr's taken off. And obviously, you're the team surrounding you helps a lot. But you can just tell off the player alone that McCarr is just no, he's levels he's special. Like. Yeah, it's there's really good elite players, and then there's a step above the Crosbys, the McK- McDavid's. Like there's players like McKinnon, McDavid. Whereas like if there's they settled for the NHL, or if there's a league above the NHL, they'd be playing yeah. in that. And like I think McCarr is 100%. like is there because yeah. the stuff that he does is unbelievable. I also put Adam Fox because he's very yeah, I mean, he's good too. There's and probably some guys I take above Fox. Like he, he hasn't been as good this year as he was in his Norris year, but I mean, yeah, he's he's incredible too. He's a little younger or a little older too, right? Played yeah. some college before he came in. Yeah, awesome player, but yeah, he's not he's not, as, he's not on Makar's level. He, yeah, he's not as flashy as Makar, but he's still like a really solid, solid defenseman. But yeah, I think I, I would start with Makar as well. I would start with Makar as well. Um, you may have uh, touched on this. Um, in your uh, Sharks rant, but the Sharks are blank years away from contending. Contending for a cup? Playoffs or a cup? Over five. Like I mentioned, all those contracts, man. We, Burns is the only one making his money, and he's going to be 37 in, like, three weeks. Couture is declining, probably not movable. Vlasic's not even playable at the NHL level. Goaltending hasn't been figured out. Reimer's been good, but he's not a long-term option. Aiden Hill's been terrible it's outside Eklund Meyer and Hurdle who Meyer and Hurdle might be gone sooner it's it's multiple years away like five plus years away before before they're cup contenders for sure and these next few drafts Eklund looks like a stud probably the best player they've drafted since Marlowe but it's a long time and it's I, I've never seen a team in such like purgatory where really? they're, not, they're not bad they're not that bad like they have all these like Carlson and Burns are still really good defensemen Couture's is still a really good second line player, but they're they're just they're gonna be around five hundred for years because they can't move these guys and they're gonna keep trying to build around them and win because you can't. What are you gonna do? Like they, they, nobody's taking these huge contracts and they're thirty all on the other side of thirty. It's just they're stuck. Yeah, we're really bad, but we're still like twelfth pick right now. Like not even close to the number one, and we're ten plus points out of playoffs. It's they're it's the right worst in the spot. middle. It's the worst, worst spot. spot. To be in. Yeah, you you either like be on the cusp of making playoffs and like able to look like you can compete for a seven game series, or suck so bad that you're in like the top three. Because yeah. being in the, like the middle spot, because that's where the Canucks always find themselves. They've been mediocre for ever, and also the Minnesota Wild. They've been that team too. Whereas like they've made the playoffs, but then they've been eliminated first, so that they get Columbus like is in that yeah, as well. they get like the. 14th to like 17th pick right it's good half the time like yeah but it's once like, in a while there's a guy in that range that turns out but yeah they win two games in a row go on a three game heater and then go one 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 and then like three yeah. games and then five game it's like they never they can never take a stride and obviously minnesota's taken that next level because they've looked they brought in an elite the, top 10 player in the league Kirill Kaprizov yeah. changed the whole franchise yeah having a guy like that makes fringe players into the very good NHLers. Like, Crosby's done it with random guys. Look at 
Rodriguez right now. You saw it with Chris Kunitz. When you have an elite player like that and you see him work every single day, it makes everyone else better. Yeah, and uh, we can retract to the number three to a starter franchise. I think Kaprizov's like right up there. He's such an exciting player. Yeah. He makes every player around him better. And, yeah, so Minnesota's... The only knock on him is that he's a winger. Probably start it yeah. with a center or a D-man. But, yeah, he's probably up there for top five or six players. Yeah, he's just so fun to watch. Like, the stuff that he brings, it's... An honorable mention has to be Mo Sider, too. Like, I want to talk a bit of Red Wings because... No, for sure. I've been following that team a lot now. And oh, they, yeah. these next five, six, seven bad years in San Jose, I'm saved by watching the Wings now because they are... They're going to contend for a spot next year, depending on the moves they make. They have a ton of prospects. I put out a couple articles on some of their Swedish prospects, and they're like, some of these guys I didn't know a lot about until I started watching them. They're they're exciting. Most Sider would be right up there for the guy I'd start my franchise with too. Like, Stevie Y effect. I think he should be in the front runner for the Calder because I think he is. And yeah, he should be. If yeah, he's P- not because people throw Raymond and Lundell and Zegers up there, but being a defenseman is way harder. Like, a rookie defenseman is way harder than being a rookie forward. Yeah, and he's not sheltered like we've seen yeah. some of these guys. Like, Quinn Hughes was sheltered when he came in and was relied on for offense. He does everything. He hits yeah. people. He plays defensively. His skating's insane. He's huge. Like I saw people... He's my favorite player. This may have, That's not a shark. This may have been... Uh, like, this was on Chicklets, I think, but Biz said, like, he kind of compared him to Pronger. Like he, he's got some of that in his game for like sure. Like he has some bite. He won't step down from any sort of tenacity that's he's, thrown at he's him. He's mixing it up with Crosby earlier in yeah, the year, taking exa- the puck from Hedman. Like yeah, exactly. He's not scared. Exactly, and he can produce while playing very, very solid yeah. on defense. And when he was picked, if I'm not mistaken, he was kind of a surprise pick. Like it kind of. He was supposed to go in the twenties. Yeah. We were shocked. Yeah, like it turned heads when Stevie Y picked him. But the Stevie Y effect, man. Like he yeah, built. You don't, he built Tampa, and it looks like he's speeding up the rebuild in Detroit, and it's really exciting to see because Detroit's been one of those teams where I've kind of always had, always liked. They didn't really, they never did anything wrong. They had exciting players. It's hockey town. Like, there's just a cool team to vote for. And seeing Detroit, like, on the come up, it's exciting because I have a buddy who's a Detroit fan. He's been on the podcast multiple times. Shout out Ian. But yeah, he's a Red Wings fan, and I've what does he think? He thinks that it's looking, it's looking yeah. positive, man. It really yeah. is. How long? How long have you been a Red Wings fan? And like, I'm, I mean, I, I'm not really a Red Wings fan until two months ago when I started writing for them. I, I've obviously, like you said, I've never disliked the people. Yeah. Datsuk, Zetterberg, all these good players, Franzen and Lidstrom, and I've had so many good players. Hasek was there for a bit. Osgood, like, how do you? They've n- they've never been a team I've disliked, even though teams with sustained success like that are often hated. Yeah, I've. I mean, it sounds like battled them in the playoffs a lot too. That was rough. I, I don't like right now. I'm a fan of the team now, partially because I'm writing for about them, but mostly because of the young guys if, they have coming up. They're super exciting. Yeah, if there's any team to kind of hop on the bandwagon for, it'd be this team. Yeah. So and they're still a couple of years away, but when Simon Edmondson comes over, maybe that Casa gets in the net and he's solid. Nedeljkovic too is. A great pickup. He's been struggling lately, but he's also had a massive workload there. I was so surprised when Carolina, not really because Carolina, like the owners, like really they gave cheap. him away for nothing. Yeah, it was like a sixth round pick or something. Yeah, like it that. was a third, I believe, a oh, third, a third in Bernier, and then Bernier signed in uh, New Jersey six days later. He was a UFA, so it was essentially just a third for a guy that had like 
15 wins and 22 starts and was a Calder nominee. I, I talk about this in this article I have coming out, uh, the best Stevie Y trades he's made. Okay. Um, yeah, as a Red Wings GM. But, yeah, that one still shocks me. Like, he, he has struggled lately, but it's also his he's, heaviest workload in his career. He's a young goalie. On a, like, on a, a developing team. Like, goalies are going to struggle. Yeah. It's just, it's a fact. Bobrovsky signed for $10 million. He had the worst season of his career last year. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, a couple years ago. Like, he was just, he was bad. But Nadelkovic, he's a young goalie, and he's shown that he can play solid, especially when it comes to playoffs. Because he was great in Carolina. in Carolina. He was unbelievable. So, yeah, bringing it back to th- three to, like, start a franchise, Moritz Sider, that's a great pick because yeah. he's just one of those – he's every coach's dream on defense. He he's does a, things every night that, yeah. like, the stats don't tell you either. Like he's and, just, and he's a right-shot defenseman. Like, he's going to be paid. and Because, like, right-shot defensemen are, like, beloved – in the NHL, like that's what They're every team wants. They're very hard to come by. So when you can draft a stub like that, and he's playing at this level in his rookie year, it's hard to like not always go up from here. Yeah, he's looking like a stud. But uh, number five, gonna end up on this one. I can't stand this blank, this player slash team. So player or team, what, like what team I, can you just not stand? Jonathan Marshall and Vegas. I mean, really. I'm a Sharks fan. Vegas, we call it a rivalry. It's not. They beat us, I think it's 17 of 21 regular season games since they came into the league. They've won 10 straight. It's not a rivalry at all. Vegas absolutely owns the Sharks and all their fans. We have more wins in the playoffs against them than we do in the regular season, and we haven't made the playoffs in three years. Like, they beat us every single time. He's running his mouth, and... He does little chippy, dirty stuff, too. I I hate him. I hate that whole franchise. I like a lot of their players. I like Shea Theodore. I like Mark Stone. I like Jack Eichel. I like Leonard. I hate Jonathan Marshall so, so much. That's a play I was not expecting. I'll be honest. You want, you're going to Marshawn or Wilson or something like that? Uh, that's too, like, generic. I like those guys, honestly. I feel like it's, they resemble the type of player The thing you with Marcia, so is he's chippy, and he's a, he never fights. He never does anything. Like, at least the Kachucks will, you know, do something about it. Yeah. I think he fought Vlasic one time. Vlasic. He doesn't fight anyone. Like, I don't, yeah. I, don't, I don't like him. If he came to San Jose, I would. He's a hell of a player. No, yeah, he's incredible. <laughs> or or even Detroit. He'd look good in the Red Wings, too. They could use some scoring up front. Yeah. No, you're right. I had a player in mind, and I remember watching it, and I'm like, this guy just starts shit, but he never, like, finishes it. And I can't remember what player it was, but I didn't want to say, like, a Marshawn or Wilson because those guys just, like, too generic. But I put a team in the Flames. I fucking hate Calgary. You're a Canucks fan, yeah? Yeah. I mean, I've had this discussion with a guy the other day. He was like, you should hate the Flames. He's like, I can't, man. They got, they got Tanev and... They got some of our guys over there. They got they got Markstrom. They got good Branson. Like, I I hate Calgary. Like I, I my like amongst the teams I hate, it's Toronto's up there, and it's more so. I like every player on Toronto. Like I don't hate the team. I just hate the media surrounding yeah. Toronto, and I think that's as any non Ontario and Canadian yeah, should. I think that's unanimous amongst the league. It's just Toronto media sucks, and like they are continuously talking about well, national them. media sucks too yeah. they don't just don't talk about anyone else yeah exactly like it'll be an off day and they'll still like put a segment towards the maple leafs and it's like yeah canucks make like two trades this day and they talk about practice lines at leafs <laughs> yeah so and then boston 
they've just always I've just always hated them just because they've been dirty but that's just being a soft Canucks fan I guess because pretty much but um Calgary it's just a team that has always gotten on my nerves I just I just feel like they're cowards I don't like either of the Alberta teams either they're one step below Vegas on like my hate meter mostly just because they're Pacific rivals I live in Vancouver I can't hate them that bad but yeah I don't like either of the Alberta teams I want Connor out of Edmonton so bad (laughs) do you think he does get does do you think he does leave Edmonton if I had to guess, I'd say no, but we'll see how the next four years go. They don't make it out of the second round once, probably. Why would he stay? Yeah. But I, I expect a player that great will win in the city that drafts him. I, I expect multiple cups from him there. It's just taking a long time to get first. Scott, this has been awesome. I appreciate you coming on. This That's is uh, Yeah, it was good to you know clean up some NHL headlines and thoughts and stuff, but uh, this is your time. Let the people know where they can find your work, social media, and all that. Uh, follow me on Twitter at underscore Scott Oney, S-C-O-T-T-O-N-Y, and check out Wings Nation and everything else the Nation Network does. Sweet. Um, you guys remember to follow me on Instagram and Twitter at, or on Instagram at Jevin.Lefebvre, on Twitter at JevinLefebvre. Find everything for the show on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at LeftSideHeavy underscore. And be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel, LeftSideHeavy. Ring the bell, comment, like, do all that sorts of jazz. I like interacting with you guys, so be sure to do that. And leave a rating and review on Apple and Spotify. Helps grow the show. Scott, once again, thanks for coming on. And, guys, uh, there's a kickback and relax episode coming this Friday with my buddy, professional lacrosse player, uh, Rylan Reese. So that will be coming on Friday. Be sure to check that out. And see you guys then. Peace.